0: Hello and welcome to American Podcast. I am your host, Shane Simonson. Our guest for this episode is singer-songwriter Erin Cole Baker. I caught up with Erin as she, her husband, Bruce, and their two small children tour the United States in a 26-foot RV, playing music and exploring along the way. Erin, who has dual citizenship in the United States and New Zealand, shares her thoughts on how the two nations she's called home are different. Erin talks about the creative process, playing in various musical groups, and why she chooses to pursue music in the United States rather than New Zealand. Being a mother of two, Erin discusses how she stepped away from music for a time and what prompted her return to recording and performing. Thank you for joining us on this episode of American Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and find us on social media. This episode is a little different as we recorded in multiple occasions. We first recorded in a donut shop in the early morning, then at a Mexican restaurant for lunch. Please forgive any background noise. I think it adds a little color. And now I present my conversation with Aaron Cole Baker. All right, it's August 3rd. We're in Ording, Washington at Legendary Donuts. I'm here with Aaron Cole Baker. We're actually about to perform in about a half hour. I'm going to perform first, then she's going to perform. And then, so we're going to capture some of the podcast right now before and then capture some after. But welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in music and um, where you're at right now.
1: Right now, I'm living in a 1986 Ford Tioga, 26-foot RV with my two kids and husband. Yeah. (laughs) And that's our home and wherever we go, the kids are like, let's go home. And they mean big brown, which is what we call our RV. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very unfortunate name. (laughs) That's (laughs) big and brown. What do you do?
0: Yeah. You're touring the country right now, or you're touring yeah. the West Coast?
1: Yeah, we've been. Um, we started in Utah, and we went south, and came up through California, Oregon, and now in Washington. And I've been playing summer festivals and house shows and whatever I can do to connect with people and get my music out there, okay. which has been amazing.
0: Yeah, what are some of the high points?
1: When we strap into the RV and we like first take off and Bruce and I like look at each other we're like yeah yeah this is it look what we're doing (laughs) and like that's really fun and also just being able to share my music and have people come up and go wow that really spoke to me and I connected with those songs yeah and actually meeting up with people that we haven't seen in a long time like you I mean it's been how many years? It's been a while. Yeah, a long time. I think the people we stayed with in Olympia, we knew them from Bend as well. And we hadn't seen them in nine years. And it was just like, wow, how cool is this? It's our life now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For us, this this whole trip and like this massive leap of leaving our home and friends and family in New Zealand and coming over here to like explore that kind of nudge that's been like come go to the states go to the states and find opportunities for your music
0: other for probably 15 years but we haven't seen each other in at least 10 or 12 years yeah because you moved to new zealand Mm -hmm. after a time in central oregon yeah um what was it that got you into music originally and then what brought you to central oregon before moving back to new zealand
1: um originally like when i was just a toddler and could yeah always go to the piano to play it and eventually my parents got lessons for me and i really got into piano and classical and then I, I was like, oh, I'm done with classical, it's boring. And then my parents kind of panicked and were like, how about, how about jazz? And so then they got me lessons with um, jazz and I played jazz piano for a long time and I actually played in a jazz band with my husband. He played drums. Yeah? Is he playing drums anymore? Yeah, he's played drums with me recently in New Zealand in a band, um, My Music, with some other people. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tricky in the RV to fit drums in and be a duo with just drums and guitar. You kind of need the bass as well, but it would be fun eventually. But yeah, then when I left home to go to college, I was like, uh, can't really drag a piano around. I mean, I know keyboards, but they kind of weren't doing it for me. So I picked up the guitar and started playing guitar and started a few songs kind of came to me and I was kind of hooked from that point. Yeah. And... Then I recorded my first album and was like, I'm going to go to America and I'm going to find out what this is all about. And then (laughs) so Bruce and I moved to the States.
0: What year was that?
1: Bruce is much better with years than I am. I can't really remember. I think it might have been 2004 or five, maybe. And we just got a one-way ticket to the States and we're like, don't know what we're going to do. And we ended up... um, making it to Sisters because I had searched for folk festivals in the Northwest and it came up with Sisters Folk Festival and that was like a goal. I wanted to get there. We were in California and we were like, can we make it up there, you know, counting pennies and stuff. And we managed to make it up to the folk festival and we met a really awesome bunch of people that kind of took us under their wing and one couple let us live in their little trailer for a while to get situated and some jobs and things. And yeah, eventually we moved to bend and playing out a lot more there and kind of trying to get out of my shell because I'm kind of, I'm quite um, introverted and which is, I mean, I guess it's probably quite a common mix with a musician and being introverted. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's all sorts, but yeah, I find the whole putting myself out there quite challenging and scary, but it's also what I feel like I'm supposed to do. So yeah, I continue to put myself out there and it's really... Awesome! Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I mean, you put yourself out there in big ways.
1: Mm, yes,
0: not once but twice you've traveled yeah. across the world. Yeah, to like do music in America. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I applaud you for that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So we did it when when Bruce and I were how old? Would, we would have been maybe twenty three when we first moved over, and I mean that was a lot. I mean it was scary at that point, but it was also quite an adventure and quite light-hearted because we were quite young and we didn't have any, you know, any ties. It was just an adventure. Uh-huh. And it was really amazing, the community that we found in Bend and being able to learn aspects of performing that I hadn't kind of d- done before.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, the, the people that we had met at the Folk Festival, it was kind of like a, a group of a bit older people than us that, that did bluegrass music so I kind of just started playing with them and then it led to just kind of doing different jams and stuff I met a friend a really good friend Erin and we started a duo called the Erin's um she played violin and sang harmonies on my songs and
0: which was an amazing group oh thanks yeah really good music
1: <laughs> it was really fun we had a A cool time doing that. We got—I think our first gig was playing Tuesdays at Tumies, which was a Thai restaurant downtown in Bend.
0: Yeah, such a good restaurant.
1: Yeah, so we got to eat free Thai food, and we thought it was great. I kind of really became quite ingrained in the idea of us being a duo, and then when Erin got accepted to med school on the East Coast. I was kind of like, what now? I can't do music without Erin. So yeah, we ended up moving out to the East Coast with her. We got a, a V-dub pop-top bus and the three of us traveled across the States and Erin and I mainly busked just on the side of the road and made, like sold quite a few CDs and made a bit of money to pay for some gas and we made it to the East Coast, but Bruce and I... Only lived out there for maybe six months. Yeah, it was a, a good experience to live out there, but it kind of didn't feel like I really wanted to pursue it any longer. So we we ended up going back to New Zealand for a little while before we then turned around and came back to Bend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I recorded another album or two in that time. I can't really remember. <laughs> and then, and then when we um, got pregnant, we moved back to New Zealand. Then I I didn't play music for a lot of years when the kids were young. I kind of... I mean, it's very consuming having young kids. So, yeah, I didn't get to play music or I kind of was, didn't have the energy or brain space or anything for it for a long time until two years ago when I recorded Till the Feeling's Right, which is my latest album. Okay. Yeah. And then I started playing out a bit more and getting a bit more freedom.
0: Yeah, so... Music was a huge part of your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you lived in the United States, and you traveled across the country with your music. Mm-hmm. And and then you got pregnant. You moved back to New Zealand. Yeah, and then music took a back burner. Yeah, as you say, like your time and your effort was dedicated towards your family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: what um, what was it that got you back into music?
1: Um, I have some really dear friends. Actually, it makes me a bit emotional, <laughs> who um, have a child the same age as June, my oldest. So we lived down the road from them and we just became really good friends from being... Emily was pregnant at the same time I was and so we, we just became really good friends and then we started playing music together. And yeah, we do a, a project together called Little Ripples, which is family music it's like um Emily plays ukulele Sam plays upright bass and I play guitar and we do three-part harmonies and um songs that are really really meaningful and um just really lovely yeah (laughs) and with really neat themes for kids that are just really wholesome and good and yeah so they were kind of working on new music for Little Ripples, and I kind of came along to, um, I wrote a few songs with Emily, and, uh, yeah, we just made this really beautiful thing. That kind of spurred me on to do my music again, and then I, once I had started doing my music again, I was like, I have to record an album. I didn't know how much I missed this. For a while, I kind of just thought, it's too hard. There were too many impossibilities. The kids are very consuming. I can't do anything else. Um it's where we live, doesn't have a lot of opportunity for playing. So, you know, it's kind of in a bit of a funk, I guess. Yeah. And then just being coming out of that and recording Till the Feelings Right, which was just mind blowingly amazing. So,
0: tell me about the process of recording. Where did you record Till the Feelings Right?
1: So, I recorded at Anzac Road Studio, which is in Whangarei, which is where I'm from. Um, and. It's an analog studio, so we bought the tape and put it on the machine and pressed the remote control, which is like massive, the size of a table, yeah. <laughs> pressed the button for record, and we did most of it live. So the drums and bass were in one room, and then I was in the other room with my guitar singing, and then my friend Emily singing harmonies. And, yeah, we did a few overdubs but it was just incredible and frightening to be like, have that recording button on and know that you've all got to be in the zone together. Yeah. was but so just mind-blowing when you finish a take. It's just like the endorphins. Yeah. (laughs) It was just really, really, really cool.
0: Can you set the stage of the town that you live in or that you recorded in, that you lived in?
1: Uh, So I think Whangarei is maybe like, fifty thousand people. Okay. It's a coastal town, I guess. I mean where we lived was half an hour out of town and that was next to the water and the beaches and, and we would spend most of our time just out fang at our heads and only go into town to do the grocery shopping and if we had an appointment. Yeah. Or recording at Anzac Road Studios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you guys still have your, your place there?
1: Yeah, we still have our place. We're renting it out at the moment, yeah.
0: So with that album, To The Feelings Right, um, what did you do to promote it or did you tour with it? Did you play out with it at all?
1: I played a few shows in the North Island of New Zealand and then I came over to the States and did a month-long tour on the West Coast here, kind of house shows and um, I played at the Sisters Folk Festival and over at Orcas Island and it was really, really awesome to be able to do that. I left Bruce at home with both girls and um just had a great time being free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: How did he handle being a stay at home dad?
1: Um, I think it was it was quite a bit of work, but he kind of didn't let me know if he was struggling so much. He was just like, You enjoy you enjoy and just make the most of it. Yeah. He's an amazing supporter, yeah.
0: That's so great. Mm -hmm. So how long ago was that from? That
1: was last August. Okay,
0: so a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And during that trip, Bruce had sent me an email saying, I want to move to the States, and I was just like, ah. In a good (laughs) way? My first reaction was like, no way. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because it's, our place in New Zealand is like close to both sets of grandparents and we've got an awesome orchard and a garden and the, the school and kindergarten were great for the kids. It's like you couldn't really ask for more. Yeah. It's like really fabulous and great friends and yeah, being able to do Little Ripples with Emily and Sam and they would play on my songs and... That's really nice, but then where do you play? You play a show in town once a year, twice a year. Yeah. You know, I kind of just really thrived on playing more and connecting with more people. And, yeah, and I've, I've been given the gift of these songs that, and I feel compelled to share them and hope that it means something to some people. Yeah. I know it means something to everybody, but that's okay, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it means something to me. Hmm. I appreciate your music.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: You just recorded a song yeah. down in Central Oregon. Yeah. You can you tell me about that?
1: Um, Yeah, so that's called July Moon, and I wrote that just about missing my friends. Yeah, yeah. missing Emily and Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if
0: you if you want to hear that song, you can go to Erin Aaron, Erin's uh webpage or her social media and there's a live recording, a live video of her recording that song. It's a pretty phenomenal song.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was actually really cool how we got to record it too, because I just written the song, which is a feat in itself, because living in a small space and finding time to write and headspace to write is like how will that ever happen? I didn't, I didn't even know where the inspiration lands on me in a a place when I have a lot of time, let alone when I have literally no space and time (laughs) was like really cool that that song, um, happened upon me. (laughs) And then, uh, I had been to Grange recorders, which is in sisters. Uh-huh. Which is where you're from. Well, have have lived there, a while. Yeah. Um, To listen to a friend, Grace Caston's album.
0: Okay. I just heard that this morning on yeah. Travis Arnstrom's, uh Instagram, actually.
1: It's beautiful. It sounds so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I would listened to that. And then after I went back home that night, and overnight when I woke up in the morning, I was like, what if we recorded, went to the studio and recorded. My new song, Live in Studio, because my husband's just been getting into doing some film stuff. Okay. And he was like, well, we could see if he's available, but it's a long shot because we were leaving town like the day after. What are the chances he's going to be free? And he said that his um, he had just finished mixing on the Thursday night and he was free on the Friday, which was the only window of time we had. Okay, So he was like, sure, let's do it. And then we were still like, up until the moment, we, we'd had a bit of a hard time with the kids that morning. We we're like, what the heck are we think we're trying to do? We've got the two kids. How are we going to keep them occupied? And he's like, oh, I've got a 13-year-old son who's home on summer break. He can entertain the girls. We're like, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we had this little magical window of time to do that. So did Bruce,
0: did Bruce
1: uh, record that? Yeah, okay. yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, and we did actually did another song, which we're gonna edit and release at some point here, which is a really special song as well. So I'm looking forward to releasing that.
0: That's great. Yeah. Are those gonna be released as solo performances, or are there, they're gonna be drum and bass and stuff on them?
1: Um, these are just gonna be live videos, so.
0: Okay.
1: It's just for people to hear and see.
0: Yeah. Have you thought about rec- like releasing those tracks?
1: I have briefly that, I mean, I've I really, I do love the recording process and I've got actually quite a few new songs I wanted to record before we left New Zealand, but it's those two things of time and money which become a little bit of a barrier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely have the interest and the songs to do more recording. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's take a little break. Cool. And go play music for a couple hours. <laughs> Sounds good. And then we'll, we'll finish this a little bit later.
1: Awesome. Great. Cool. Right. This guitar,
2: when I held it close, I had the strength of faith again. Places that I never dreamed Far down between All the cracks and sinks The Solid it knows A place where only music goes My guitar Heal the scars Touching places deep Yes, sir.
0: That was fun.
1: Yeah, that playing, was really fun.
0: Playing music in the park. It was. Is it different for you to play music before noon?
1: I find it the same. I mean, each experience is different, and I get kind of nervous beforehand thinking, how's it going to be? Am I going to be able to connect? But um, I try to go into it with the mindset of I'm going to enjoy myself, and people are invited to engage in that enjoyment instead of needing needing the audience to give me something. I'm just enjoying my moment and they can join in. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at playing more house shows because it's potentially easy to get a group of people together that don't know me or my music. Um, If someone can open their home and be like, cool, I can get 30 friends together. I'm like, great. And then maybe next year that could lead to something else or an opportunity to play in front of a bigger audience, I'm, I'm definitely open to that. It's just getting those opportunities, which is the kind of stumbling block, I guess.
0: So were you born in New Zealand or were you born in the United States?
1: I was actually born in Santa Barbara. Okay. And my, my grandparents actually came from Connecticut on the East Coast um, on my mom's side and Michi- no Wisconsin from my father's side. And then they, they both had moved out to the West Coast, which is interesting to me because there's kind of a pattern in my family history of um, moving distances. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so my grandparents on my mom's side moved to New Zealand um, a long time before my parents decided to go over there. I think my grandfather was in the war and he was kind of tired of the way America worked and he just wanted to get out I think, okay. and he found a little spot in Hadudu, which is in Whangaree, and had a little farmhouse, and um, four of their children came with them. And yeah, my mom and dad were like, oh, we'll go to New Zealand for a year and, and let the kids get to know that side of the family. And they bought a house, and my brother and I grew up there, and um, yeah, they're, they're still there 30-some years later. <laughs> But yeah, they've been back and forth to the States and New Zealand, and yeah, when Bruce and I got married, we came to the States on a one-way ticket, kind of not knowing where it would lead us, and we met met an awesome community in Bend, and um, kind of figuring out music and what that meant to me and other people, and yeah, then we went back home to New Zealand, and Then we're doing it again with the kids, so... (laughs) Yeah.
0: How old were you when you moved to New Zealand?
1: I was six and a half when we moved. Okay. Yeah, so the same age um, that my daughter June was when we moved back here in the States, so it's kind of of funny how that works.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What is your impression of the difference between New Zealand and America?
1: It is such a big difference, but it's so subtle that it's kind of hard to explain. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's... It feels that way to me anyway, yeah. to life in New Zealand. It just, it's a different feeling for me at least, knowing it's such a big country and there's so much potential and possibility. And so many people, I don't know why, it's weird because I'm, such, I'm quite an introvert, but people just fascinate me and I'm just really interested in people and, and how music connects with people.
2: That's cool. Yeah.
1: I see it as really exciting and full of possibility. Not that New Zealand isn't. I mean, life is what you make of it. But it is so, so much smaller. It's so much smaller. And traveling around there is so much more expensive. Everything is more expensive. And I just feel like I've been accepted more here as a musician over the years. And I guess I've done the vast part of um, my exploring music here in the States. So it kind of makes sense.
0: So you would say the big reason that you're in the United States is that there's more opportunity for music, more opportunities to play. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, uh, Bruce and I both just really love this country. It's cool. I mean, we've had, uh, I don't don't know what people, a lot of people are like, what? What are you doing here? It makes no sense. Like, New Zealand is amazing. We would move to New Zealand in a heartbeat. You know, that's kind of the response. And yes, yeah, it is absolutely amazing, but when you kind of feel a nudge to do something. It's like, if you don't follow that, what is life, you know?
0: How do you, like, you you, you feel those callings or feel those nudges in your own life. How do you pursue that?
1: Um, I try to be open, open-minded open about it because often my first reaction is, no way. Because <laughs> it, it pulls me out of my comfort zone. Like, yes, it would be easier to stay back home in New Zealand and not put myself out there and put my music out there. Um, you know, I could dig in the garden all day long and, um, you know, be, live a safe life. That's quite easy, but well, would I always have that kind of nudge calling me, come on, come on, come and do this, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, it's, that's kind of the weird mystery I find with life. Like, For me, it's such a mystery. It's an unexplainable gift. It's really weird, but you just go forward not knowing what's ahead, and you can only do the step that's in front of you.
0: For you, what is that nudge? What is that, um, that call that's pulling you forward? Is it something that's pretty defined, or is it more mysterious?
1: It's definitely extremely mysterious. <laughs> But it's very persistent. It's like a theme that keeps coming over back to um, put my music out there and share it. And yeah, I I have no idea what that looks like, but looking for opportunities and putting myself out there and hoping that um, the connections I make through my music are meaningful to me and to other people. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. (laughs) So ideally if you if you could pick your your lifestyle with your music right now would it would it be going back and forth between New Zealand and America playing festivals in America and digging in your garden in New Zealand <laughs> and writing and recording over there?
1: Yeah, that would be really awesome. I would definitely like to ideally I'd like to find a way to get my music out there to as many people as possible and make it more of a sustainable thing because a lot of the time playing music actually costs money. (laughs) You know, like recording is really expensive. um, Travelling and all these things take money. But yeah, I am really interested in travelling places to share music and definitely going back home to New Zealand to play would be great. But... um, Being here in the States is kind of where we feel we need to be for the time being, yeah.
0: Have you looked into ways to monetize your music?
1: Yeah, it's really tricky because, yeah, at the moment I'm doing everything myself. Like I'm promoting, I'm trying to find shows, I'm, you know, writing the songs, funding the recording. All of the aspects I'm doing on my own, but I'm really thankful that I can do that. Yeah, but I would like to find a way to make it more sustainable. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, I'm definitely open to how to make that happen. I mean, a booking agent or a manager would be awesome, but I know that might be a hard thing to find. Um, so I kind of look at it as I either play music or I don't play music and I want to play music. So that's what I keep coming back to and keep finding opportunities to do
0: yeah how were you sustaining yourself when you were in new zealand
1: um my husband had a full-time job okay yeah and i was at home with the kids yeah and he he actually had back surgery and quit his job and we kind of saw that as a okay we've got this moment let's go for the opportunity to try to come here and try doing the rv life yeah, it all just came into line to be what we were going to be doing now. And we, st- we still look at each other and go, what the heck? This is crazy. We can d- we're doing this. It's um, wild and exciting and scary and confusing and all of the feelings <laughs> wrapped up into life. But.
0: You know, a lot of people are taking their story and they're putting it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And people are actually watching it and they're making a living telling the story have you guys considered doing something like that yeah
1: we've uh kind of talked about it we're both kind of more on the introverted side so the idea of like talking in front of a camera and kind of putting our life story out there is kind of daunting but it's also kind of interesting so we've kind of been toying with the idea but here we are three months in and we haven't started into it (laughs) (laughs) but um you know there's always time to give it a go yeah yeah
0: so your your husband is doing some video work?
1: Yeah, he's just started doing a bit of video work and photography, which is really quite handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, also just finding the time to create is pretty tricky in um, the RV life. And the kids are often up until dark, which is like after nine o'clock. So often they're just falling asleep at like 10 or so. It's like, whoa. So to have any time... To do stuff is um, very fleeting, if we have any. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That being said, what is the creative process like for you, like writing music or recording? It's
1: really also very mysterious in the sense of after I've written a song, I'm like, that was incredible. I'm so excited about the new song, and I have no idea how to write a song. (laughs) It's like, um, I mean, I'm sure I've gained skills over the years, of things that are just innate inside of me on how to do it but I mostly am guided by the guitar and the sound different patterns that I can if I come up with a new pattern and that kind of catches my ear then the lyrics will maybe pop up and yeah
0: do you kind of get the, the pattern in the melody first and then apply lyrics to it? Or do lyrics ever come first?
1: Um, it can be a bit of a mixture. Yeah, yeah. Cause, um, but mostly it's it's just like a hook or a lick or something on the guitar and that I'm like, wow, that's quite cool. Maybe that could be something. And since I've had kids, I've kind of learned to take out my phone and just record a little snippet of what i'm doing and then maybe come back to it later because yeah it's just grabbing those little moments little windows of time because i used to have to be in a secluded room with no one listening nobody can hear any part of the process and that's just not how it works these days with the kids yeah
0: and as she's saying that there's a child running around yeah yeah thank
1: you thanks
0: so we're eating in a Los Pinos Mexican restaurant in Ording. <laughs> I used to eat this place when it was like a diner. <laughs> That's so my, cool. my dad loved it, and there was literally like dead flies everywhere. <laughs> and I would cringe as a child, but uh, it's kind of fun coming back here. When I moved back here in this area, this restaurant had become a Mexican restaurant. It's really good food. It was, was your Was your burrito all right?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And I really loved the booths with the carved wood scenery on it.
0: Indeed. <laughs> you know, Mexican restaurants, like the inside of Mexican restaurants, like they're really ornate.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's like hand-carved wood. and mm-hmm. This one's different because it's like Mount Rainier with the trees. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. unique. Do you guys have Mexican restaurants in New Zealand at all?
1: Um, they've become a bit more popular in the last five years or so, but growing up there, it was like really... You'd have to drive to Auckland, which is like the biggest city, and it wasn't really even that good. So it's like Dad would make flour tortillas, and I would sit up on the bench and help him kind of roll them into balls before he rolled them out. So, yeah, love Mexican food.
0: Did you guys have an appreciation for Mexican food being from California?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yep. We'd always, always be eating Mexican for a special occasion.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. What kind of would it be like chicken or beef or?
1: Um, we'd do. I I guess Dad would do yeah some t- sort of beef, like shredded beef or something. Okay. And um, Mom would make chili rellenos, or um, enchiladas, kind of like an enchilada casserole. Yeah. Thing, lots of burritos and tacos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we played here in Ording today, and you have a show later on tonight, north of Seattle. Yeah. What's uh, next for you?
1: Um, next for us is going up to Bellingham, and then out to Orcas Island, and, yeah, we're kind of unsure where we're going from there, which is, has been just kind of circulating in our minds, what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing? <laughs> Do we go, like, we, we're interested in going out east and to the Midwest, and... But it's a long way. It's a long way to go, yeah. and I've kind of need to make some more uh, house concerts or gigs kind of line up to make it work. Uh, but we're very interested.
0: If you're going through the northern states, do that soon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Before November. Yeah. Even October. Yeah. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, I'm on Instagram at Erin Colbaker and Facebook Erin Colbaker Music, and then on YouTube. Aaron Colbaker, music, I think. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: Thanks for having me on the podcast and for today. Really fun. And thanks for the Mexican food. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Cool.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of American Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media. This is Shane Simonson signing off until next time.